you have been cordially invited to the Eternal Slumber Party. Every time I see the countdown, I always think of iCarly when Freddy starts counting him down. In five, four, three, two. And then he just points to the camera or points at the girls to let them know the camera is rolling because you, you don't want one to ruin your webisode, your webcast. God, the your innocent web days of webisodes. The innocent days of iCarly. Original iCarly, back before we knew that Dan Schneider had a foot fetish and little girls. Allegedly. Uh-huh. Your hair looks quite voluptuous today. Thank you. I am really working on that curly girl routine. I need to cut it so bad. I need to get layers. I think layers are the secret ingredient I'm missing. Layers would help, most likely, yeah. but it looks fantastic. Love it for Thank you. Thank you. I just had it like twirled up in a little bun today, so it got to keep its little curl situation. It is mm, true. Mm -hmm. Popping off. Very happy Popping. with how my hair is. So glad that we can record this right before my video gets crunchified. Um, Sally. I mean, it's. I've refused to learn how to record my own video to send you the file, so it's kind of my own fault. You act, you do actively refuse that. I was like, I can tell yeah. you're like, no. I said I Absolutely can, and not. you said no. <laughs> you didn't even let me get the rest of that sentence out before you said no fucking way. You opened your mouth, and I said, if you make me do anything else, I will have to, I, I don't know, go drink a case of Dr. Pepper from Costco. How is that case going? There's still a lot left. I don't drink <laughs> that much regular soda. I only have it on occasion because I do love Dr. Pepper. I prefer Diet Dr. Pepper, but they didn't have that at Costco when I was shopping. So I didn't get diet. I had to get regular because I needed I a little treat. A little treat is a case of Dr. Pepper? Well, when you're in Costco, yeah. You and I have different ideas of little treats. I also for some reason got caramel macchiato coffee creamer. I don't know why. I don't like coffee creamer. Yeah. I why did only you put oat milk in. Dude, I don't know. Whatever I was doing, whatever demons I was fighting that day came out in Costco. Do you still have that coffee creamer? Yeah. Is it bad? Um, I think it goes bad in April. Do you want to just bring it to me? I'll use it. Sure. <laughs> Okay, just bring it on Friday. <laughs> okay, sounds good. I need to pass on something that my mom told me. And it's that she thought it was so funny when you said that you were putting your foot down in the Twilight episode. <laughs> she loved it. My mom loves that you stand up to me. <laughs> she didn't say that part. I won't put words in her mouth. But I want you to know that every time I do it, I get a little bit scared, but I do it anyways because i'm like no i'm standing up i'm, a little I'm putting my foot there. down i'm putting my pick foot down pick, pick your foot back up i think we've also That's reached really the point funny. where i'm like no no kirsty i'm reeling you back in we're going in we're going back, back into the timeout in. corner with you 
<laughs> back into your enclosure now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I wanted to uh, pass that information I along. That. I love she that thought that so was really much. funny. Thanks. I appreciate um, that. <laughs> I gave her a hard time. I'm like, oh, is Margo your favorite? And she's like, well, I didn't say that. I'm like, no, it's okay. Margo's my favorite. <laughs> oh, God. That's so funny. I yeah. love that so much. How are you doing? I'm good. I burned myself twice on hot glue, but I'm almost done with decorating my apartment. Nice. I should be done by the end of this weekend, actually. So... I love that. Very for you. excited about that. I'll I'm gonna put together because I'm a little extra. I'm gonna put together a whole edited reel of different aesthetic moments in my apartment because that's who I am. I support that. I did love. The, you should do a bookshelf tour. I was actually thinking about doing that. About doing different like tours of the different shelves of my bookshelf, especially because you can kind of see them. But that is the crystal ball so i found oh, these yeah i found these string lights that are remote controlled and so you can they're battery operated and remote controlled so i just turned them off with a battery or with a remote control and i have them in like there's one in here there's two in there there's one in this bottle and up there in that cup and there's ones like in the candles in here there's like ones in the candles so it like twinkles like that so like I'm doing... so excited to see your new place. It's going to be so fun. I've been putting in so much work to get this place put together, and I'm quite happy about it. Um, it shows. It shows that you've put in a lot of hard work. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, I have had the most annoying lingering cold, mm. so that's been super, super fun. Love having to mute my mic every time I need to sniffle. I think it's great. I think it's super fun. I have gone through so many fucking Kleenexes. <laughs> At this point, I need a Kleenex sponsorship. Okay? Like Kleenex? Sponsor us? Kleenex, I'm begging you. Oh, not really an update for us personally, but an update that is so important to share. ColourPop is putting out a Twilight collection. Oh, yeah. Important news. Breaking news. Breaking news. ColourPop is putting out a Twilight collection, which we just absolutely love and adore and think is so, so funny because we are talking about Twilight and they are dropping this collection. Yeah. Um, we're really excited. As we're recording this, they're dropping it this Friday. Uh, no, they drop it on the 11th tomorrow. Whoops. I miscalculated. They drop it this Thursday yeah. as we're recording it. Yeah. Sorry to uh, date this episode. Not really. We do this it's, all the time. It comes out on Tuesday. Like, yeah. But yes, um, super duper excited. I most want, like, obviously the eyeshadow palette. But then I, I'm kind of torn between the eyeliners and the highlighters. The lip oils and the body oil, meh. Um, I have a feeling, a sneaking suspicion, that body oil, because the packaging is not unique, is going to show up in other collections soon. I do not think that it is actually going to be that special. That's good to know because I was really like, I don't know. I like I like the lip oils because you know me. I don't like lip product that much. I like like a an easier thing to apply that doesn't really feel sticky or anything. I've never tried their lip oils, so I don't know if they're going to be sticky because I also, I'm, I'm not much of a gloss 
kind of gal. But, yeah. And I, I like gloss. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I was interested in the lip oil and I know, especially the black one, it's hard to find cool toned and black lip oils. So yeah. that is what's kind of cool about the blue and the black one. I don't know if I'm going to get anything from it because I'm very weird. One, I can't get the twilight. I can't get the palette as much as I want to get the palette. I can't get the palette because I own too many eyeshadow palettes. You know this about me. I own I entirely I too many you. eyeshadow palettes. For someone who only wears eyeshadow about twice a month, I own too many eyeshadow palettes. Um, ColourPop is... We are never getting a ColourPop sponsorship after this. Uh, ColourPop is the Winchester house of makeup companies. You can dupe everything in this collection from ColourPop itself. Their formula is highly hit or miss. I'm still going to buy it. I'm a sucker for marketing, but well, I'm going to try to buy it. Let me say I have work and I think I have meetings at the time that the collection drops. So I'm not yeah. super optimistic that I'm actually going to get it. Love the concept. Um, I have also had nothing but negative experiences with their customer service. So yeah, you and I have had very different experiences with ColourPop because I've I've had no issues with them. I do think the graphic liners are very cool. I just I'm a sucker for a graphic liner and I'm also a sucker for special packaging. Well and it's glitter graphic liners, which I think very mm -hmm. cool. I I do like that. I think a black glitter liner, always a fan of that. Like I yeah. So I might get a few pieces from the collection. The palette, the eyeshadow palette itself, I also can't justify because I have every single one of those colors in another palette, except for maybe the dark green. But otherwise, I have every single one of those colors or close to it in another palette. And again, that is because I own a stupid amount of eyeshadow palettes. Honestly, because I have a meeting during this time, I might... Just Venmo you money until they I was, get everything. I was gonna say if you need that me might be to. much smarter because then we do have one of everything and then we can do a fun little yeah. Because like I might get myself the lip oils. So if we just get everything and we you know figure out how to split it or something like that, yeah, we'll coordinate after we'll we're done recording. Out. Yeah, we'll 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 coordinate. It drops uh, Pacific time, so we have plenty. Of time I am a those. sucker for that eyeshadow palette packaging though. That packaging I, is gorgeous. I have to say, whoever is designing the packaging at ColourPop deserves a raise. Their their packaging has always been quite on point. I do. Their packaging has always understood the assignment. And you can look back through a lot of their collections. Their, and yeah. I will say. Their packaging and their marketing are very well done. Yes. Even if you're not part of the fandom that they are doing a collection with mm -hmm. you can look at it and be like this is very well done you understand like the cohesiveness of it all yeah um i'm not backtracking i still don't love a lot of things about ColourPop, but you can recognize the good things that they do yeah listen we are not getting that sponsorship i'm sorry but i, I think i'll survive but all the eyeshadow will miss out on uh, you know what? Weirdly, I think I'm good for right now. <laughs> I think I have enough. So you had some clarifications last week. After I Twilight. sure did. I have some yep. clarifications this week after New Moon. Oh, great. 
So hit we me with them. We weren't sure exactly how to say the tribe name. They do say it, and I did look it up. It's Quilute. So Quilute is Quilute. the breakdown of it. Yeah, Quilute. So Quilute. Yeah. So that is how to pronounce properly pronounce the tribe. I know I said it incorrectly last episode. We weren't sure. I wanted to look it up, and then they did also. He outwardly said it in this episode as well. Um, so that was the first thing I wanted to say. The other thing is a little bit more nitpicky. It's a little bit. I didn't bring it up last week, and I am remiss, and I need to bring this up. Technically, they're not werewolves. Um, they do go over that in Breaking Dawn. So I did not bring okay. it up either. I'd see because again that is a plot point in Breaking Dawn. So here, here, you and I have had this conversation today oh, yeah. many times. We, I, yeah, I know. We consumed equal amounts of Twilight. We consumed equal amounts of Twilight. You remember everything. I don't remember anything about. I have you can call me Gretchen Myers. <laughs> I remember my hair is so big because it's full of Twilight knowledge. <laughs> my head is empty. I have no thoughts up in here. I I have no memory of anything. But I did want to just because I wrote that down because it is a point of contention. Technically, they are not werewolves. Technically, they are shapeshifters. We we can get into the nuance of this more in Breaking Dawn, but it is something that I want yes. to bring up that I forgot to bring up last week. No, so I, because I have other points that I want to bring up about the lore that Stephanie Meyer sets up. Um, and a lot of that lore goes unexplored because it happens at the final moments of Breaking Dawn. Okay. So we, don't you worry I am a stickler for timelines. I'm a stickler for the rules that she sets up. I was going to also be bringing that up. Um, okay, perfect. It, I was just trying to do it in a more chronological way, but I also remember so much about this series. And, and listen, you know me. You know I love a good cryptid. I love a good supernatural entity. I love a good being of uncertain origin. And I just, you know, I I just had to say, you know, technically, if we want to get technical, them boys and werewolves. I always, always want to get technical. I always, always want to be accurate. I always want to be correct. So. Yes. I think on that note, we should jump in. Yeah. Because. I agree. We don't have all night to spend hours talking about this opening scene. Although, to be honest, I don't want to talk about the opening scene that much. Okay. I do have to say. I think that that was one of the best opening few seconds of any of these movies. That I the black tees, the raining, the and I I watched this last night where we had a massive thunderstorm. So the opening, Sick. as we it were having a massive cool. thunderstorm, and then the black keys come bopping in, and then I just did not like how it was different from the rest of the movies. I forgot that it opened this way, so I was yeah. sat on my couch ambiance set and then they did not hit me with that immediate narration and i was like i bullshit this is a bullshit movie well how did new moon start again did it start immediately with the narration um it started yeah yeah it did it started with that romeo and juliet quote and then we go into the dream okay and then we go into the dream. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so this one well, it's reverse we have this opening scene this kid that we don't know 
walks yeah, out stranger. of a bar. It's raining. He is being chased by something that's moving very quickly. We can make the assumption because this is the third movie installment in a Twilight vampire franchise that it's a vampire. He gets bitten yep. in the hand. He collapses. He turns into a vampire. Yes. And then we get an opening quote. What is that quote from? That is Robert Frost. Okay. I knew I recognized it. I just couldn't remember off the top of my head what it was. So that is um, Fire and Ice by Robert Frost. And I did look mm -hmm. it up because I was like, I need to know why this poem. Because it always seems intentional. The first movie had a quote from the book to kind of set the scene and the tone. Then we had Romeo and Juliet, which I thought was very fitting because it's a tragic love story that talks about how they kill each other because they can't live without each other. Right. So Played fits out. with New Moon. Yeah. Plays out very well. With this one, Robert Frost, it is a poem about desire and hatred and how humanity is going to be its own undoing. So it's either we're going to die because we are all so greedy, we're going to make everything unlivable, or we are going to hate things so much that it's going to be un like unlivable fire being desire ice being hatred and you don't think it has anything to do with the cold ones and the burning up werewolves um here's the thing no i may have overthought it because <laughs> i was like wow this is actually a really interesting very deep quote to kind of pull up like this poem to talk about how bella is her own undoing does she follow mm -hmm like her desire is to be with Edward or does she stay with the wolves who hate the cold ones? Like, how does she kind of reconcile this? No matter what she does, she's not going to be truly happy because everything is going to kind of fall apart. Um, but yeah, no, it could pr probably was actually just that the <laughs> coldness of the vampires and the fire. I probably overthought it. I um, listen, I, you want to give Stephanie Meyer credit where credit is due because I'm pretty sure that's how Eclipse itself opens as well as with the, the poem from Robert Frost, right? I think so. Like, it's been a while since I've read the book, so some of the finer details escape me if it's not about the lore. But yes, um, I would like to say the title card for this movie is the best out of all three. I love the Eclipse and like the very 2010 screensaver-esque element to it. Oh, it you was gotta hot. love it. it. You so gotta hot. love it. Okay, so we have that quote and then we are in... The same place that we were in at the beginning of the last movie, we're in the meadow. Yep, we are in the meadow. Not a dream this time. It's real. And Edward and Bella are talking about getting married and turning into a vampire. Well, which again, I cannot stress that there is not a secret third option. <laughs> Her choices are to die or to turn into a vampire. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... So I also want to say, it's not that they're talking about getting married. It's that Edward goes, marry me. And Bella goes, no. And Edward goes, marry me. And Bella goes, no. no. And then Edward goes, marry me. Mar and Bella goes, change me. That's the conversation that they have. There's no, like. Yeah. I <laughs> so I did count. Um, there was a total of five marriage proposals before Bella agreed to marry him counting first the one at the end of new moon okay the three that just happened mm -hmm. and then there is a final one but we'll talk about that 
when we get to that point in the movie. Yeah, we'll get there so, when we get there. We'll get there when we get there. But he is persistent about getting married, which then leads to probably one of my favorite exchanges because Bella, zero interest in marriage. And I understand why. She's probably very jaded after living with Renee and seeing her parents divorce. Right. Probably super not into it. Probably yeah. very afraid of divorce. Traumatized. She is so, marriage is just a piece of paper. I don't want to do it. What does it matter in this grand scheme of immortality? And she has probably one of my favorite lines that she's ever said. Getting married at 18 indicates to everyone else that you got knocked up. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I love that. And I love that Bella's putting her foot down at marriage. But it's like, do this unfixable. Once I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire forever and ever and ever do that to me but i will not marry you i will not marry you so that these people that will eventually die while we live on forever will think that i got knocked up at 18. like and again this has been a year we are at the one year mark for when they would have gotten together that is kind of an insane timeline and i do not blame her for being like no people are going to think that i just got pregnant But her argument of what does it matter, we can wait a few years, really falls apart when she says, no, I want to do it now and spend the rest of my life with you now in terms of becoming a vampire. Because she wants to not be older than him. So she wants to stay the same age as him. But then once they are the same age forever, what does it matter if they wait another 10 years before they get married? Oh, and then she says that two thirds of marriages end in divorce and Edward shoots back vampires have a lower rate of divorce like there's no real arguments being made on either side no the it's a it all of bella and edward's conversations in this movie piss me off (laughs) it's this is this is my least favorite this this is bad this mm -hmm. is a bad movie Mm mm-hmm hilarious but bad oh it's kind of funny there's some pretty good laugh out loud moments oh yeah um, i do want to tell you about a fan theory okay. in that bella and edward would actually only stay married for about 10 years and this is a fan theory i am taking from uh sarah geller the twilight person i was talking about last week yeah um shout out again my girl she has a theory or at least i think she started this theory i'm not 100 sure but i'm going to credit her anyways she has a theory that after 10 years, the newness of being like a vampire with Edward, Edward's charm and everything would kind of just wear on Bella. She would actually like have a lot more confidence, have a lot more self-esteem, want to go do more. And Edward's going to realize that she is like other girls because the only thing that really drew him to her was the singer blood. The fact that her blood sings to him and is more irresistible to him than anything else. Shit's gone now that she's a vampire. And that he can't read her thoughts. So there's this mystery to her. But once she turns into a vampire, she can control her shield abilities. So he can read her thoughts. And they're just going to kind of fall out of love with each other. And it's going to be 10 years tops before they eventually get a vampire divorce. Because it's never confirmed that Bella is also Edward's mate. Edward could still potentially have a mate out there. This series also does not really confirm how exactly vampire mates work. Okay, yeah, that was my next question was, do we know? Because vampires don't have mates the same way that werewolves 
have mates in that they unclear. imprint. Yeah. Unclear. It's the, and it's it's very unclear because part of this whole plot with Victoria is she's upset because James was her mate. And it seems like a one and done kind of thing. You find your person and you're with them forever. Well, now is that just a certain Mormon author's perspective on true love and relationships and you should have your one person that's who you're with forever um it could be but it's refer they refer to them separate like being in love and having a mate is referred to differently with the vampires because then it like when you call someone a mate mm -hmm. versus just that you're in love but it's never really expounded upon within the source material what that means to the vampires because i was asking that question a lot during new moon mm -hmm. and then also in this movie the wolves seem to understand imprinting there is just this unspoken rule you get it and it kind of sucks sometimes and sometimes it's hard it's there's a very there's a very clear like like in act like the mating in akatar you have the bond you see it you like that feeling whereas vampires at least from my perspective, it felt more of like a choice in the way that humans date each other of like, I'm choosing that this is going to be my person. There isn't yes. like an a bond that's like some magical bond or anything. It's just like, a, I picked this person. It seems like there is some level of picking with your mate when you're a vampire, but it seems yeah. like once you have a mate, you're like, it kind of like how some animals mate for life. It seems to be the same way with vampires. But again, they never confirm, deny. Yeah. It could be a very romantic ideal based on the author's ideas of what true love is. But yeah. I'm just saying it's never confirmed that Edward is and I, Edward and Bella are mates, just that Bella is his singer. So there is still the potential that Edward could find another person unless there is something with the vampires where you find and choose your one person and that's it forever but i i just had a thought in the way that relationships are mm -hmm. portrayed in this is that everyone has the one person that they pick the only instance that we see people have gotten a divorce is charlie and renee and they are at least in the books shown to be terrible parents so there is this underlying current of like, if you get a divorce, bad, bad person versus staying together forever, good, good person. And I just had there that thought and it's- is. Yeah. And I do kind of want to talk more about that maybe in Breaking Dawn when we talk about yeah. all of the wedding stuff. All so the we wedding stuff and everything like that. Yeah. Because that's the but thing. It feels like New Moon and Eclipse are both just buildups. It's just buildups to- I don't know. It just, I don't know. Which is, if you're planning out a whole series, which I do believe Stephanie Meyer did, I don't hate that it's build-ups, but I don't like Eclipse. I, I don't like Eclipse because I don't like the choices that were made in Eclipse. Um, I, great segue back to the fact that Bella has to be home at 4 p.m. because she's grounded. Because yes. Charlie is so upset with her that she just runs off again. Well, and a, a note to this is that she's been grounded now for, oh, I guess this just happened, right? Yeah, so this would have just happened. So it's been a month 
I think maybe two if we want to be generous well maybe so like everything happened maybe in March maybe in February March in for new moon and then we're a month before graduation yeah. so we're in April right now so like it's been a month maybe two since she ran away yes uh Charlie clearly still not happy that she's back with Edward oh my god Bella showing absolutely no self-awareness for I... why he could be concerned or I'm just saying the fact that she's so concerned that people think that she might be pregnant and that's why she doesn't want to get married so young like that being so concerning but then she doesn't have any self-awareness to see you almost killed yourself just sitting there depressed you almost died and now you're back together with this guy and your only response is edward's in my life so you're going to have to get used to it this was another line in which i went well writing that down for therapy next week because i swear to god like re-watching new moon and eclipse just has me going holy shit no wonder i had all the thoughts that i had if this was the media i was consuming because like holy shit like it just yeah so i have in all caps charlie yeah. has a point oh i said charlie is currently the third host oh my god also i loved that line where bella goes edward is in my life and charlie goes yeah i'm gathering that and i just made a note that charlie is every single parent when their teenager becomes obsessed with twilight yeah <laughs> yep um i will say for i did not spend years and years like i was only obsessed with twilight i would say from sixth grade to the beginning of eighth grade and i will say a big mile marker for eighth grade was that i made other friends outside of these books i think for me it was it started in eighth grade and went until when did eclipse come out again uh 2010. so i would say it was like about 10th grade ish so i remember watching this movie for the first time in theaters and like it was kind of like you could feel the neurons and brain cells and like my frontal cortex developing in real time even though i was still a child <laughs> where i was like oh i hate this actually <laughs> this is not what i want in a relationship on either side i think that this was because what year did you what year were you in sixth grade i don't remember i'm having to do some mental math right now and i what year did you graduate high school uh 2015. so, so I, I would have been in eighth grade so the we were, exact time i would have said we were obsessed with it the exact same time because yeah. i was two years ahead of you and i graduated two years before you so you and i went through this yeah. <laughs> why are we so connected like this <laughs> everything everywhere is always connected <laughs> okay so Anyway, 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 anyway. Charlie mentions, hey, go talk to Jacob. Jacob's going through a rough time right now. Bella tries to call Jacob. He doesn't pick up. We see that there is some sort of note that he wrote her that says, I'm sorry to doesn't change anything or whatever. Yes. So then um, she tries to get in her car. And what happens when she have, tries to get in her car? Her car doesn't start. That's crazy. Why doesn't it start, Margo? 
because Edward took a piece out of her car so it wouldn't start. That was the moment that I felt my frontal cortex develop when I watched this the first time in theaters. I went, hold on. No, actually, I'm not cool with that behavior. I'm absolutely not okay with that behavior. That is so fucked up and controlling. And it's because he doesn't want her to go to the reservation because he can't go there and protect her. Because there is this insane, the wolves can't control themselves. They have no self-control. If you go hang out with the wolves, you will die. I'm sorry, who has put have you met Jasper? in more danger over the last year? Have you met Jasper? Because she could get a paper cut. She could do a little pinprick. And that would send him crazy. I just, it was so... She has, because of <sighs> Edward, she has had a vampire hunting her for a year now. Because of Edward. And he's going to go there and say that the werewolves are a higher risk to her? Well, even before that, because they were... If this is supposed to be like April, yeah, I guess it's actually only been a single year, actually. You are correct. Because mm -hmm. this is when the baseball scene would have been happening in Twilight. Mm -hmm. But one year ago. And then a vampire has been hunting her down, chasing her ever since. The Volturi are after her. Again, no secret third option. There is not an option where she just goes and lives on the reservation with the wolves. Even though, let's be honest, probably would have been the best outcome. Don't even get me started on how that would have been the best goddamn fucking outcome. I I'm I anyways. So Alice Alice had told Edward that Bella made the decision to go to the reservation, which means that yes. she called and said Bella's going to go to the reservation and in that amount of time he he's, he must have been waiting outside or whatever was close by he does have a habit of watching her while she sleeps sneaking into her bedroom um stalking her if we're being honest she doesn't really have any time alone because she's constantly like whenever he needs to show up he's there which i'm sure is a very romantic idea from stephanie meyer's pr perspective that he's always there when he might be needed it's weird. It's weird. It's abusive. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I think this is the moment in which my brain fully switched to, okay, I'm team Jacob now because fuck that guy. We'll go yeah. through the process of why I'm no longer team anyone. Okay. Why we are anti Twilight. <laughs> I was texting someone last night and I was like, dude, I'm watching the Eclipse movie right now. Have you ever seen these? Like, what the fuck? We were just talking about it and. I was like, what team were you? And they were like, neither, because they're both terrible, terrible men. And I was like, accurate. <laughs> Listen, accurate now. If I were to ask someone now if they're like Team Jacob, Team Edward, and they had an answer besides neither, then I'd be like, okay, I think you need to go to therapy. Please get away from me. But if you were to tell me that when you were 12 years old, you weren't Team Jacob or Team Edward, I'd be like, you are a liar. You sometimes, are lying to me. Sometimes I think about that woman who got a full back tattoo of the poster of New Moon with all three of their faces on it. And I just wonder how she's doing. Well, she doesn't have to look at it. That's true. She doesn't have to see it. 
Hey, you know, in all the places to put it, that might have been the smartest because she can just forget it's there. Yeah. Um. So. Okay. So Bella's mad. Now we cut to school. They're talking about graduation. Our girl Jessica is valedictorian. Yeah, good for Jessica. She's trying to write her speech. I want a book series on Jessica. Can we get Twilight from Jessica's perspective? Because that's what I want. That's what I want. Fuck Edward's perspective. I don't give a fuck about that. I want Jessica's perspective. This weird girl shows up. It would just be, what the fuck? What the fuck? This weird girl shows up and starts dating this guy she disappears she disappears again she broke her leg she was in italy he's gone she almost dies he's back like it do they even know that they went to italy i don't think that they know no i don't even think she knows yeah i don't think anyone knows that they went to italy he just like disappeared for a couple days and then edward came back yeah like (laughs) it's so fucking eddie i anyway so alice then interrupts their conversation skipping over dancing over the fact she didn't do a flip out of character for Alice, she makes a spectacle of herself everywhere she goes and is saying, I decided I'm going to throw a graduation party and have all of the humans come over, which is crazy. And Bella's like, or maybe it was Edward, I don't know, but someone makes a comment where it's like, well, that went so well last time. So basically, I think I got a note to it. Um, Edward says another party and Alice says something like, why not? Or something like that. And Bella is the one who says that's, or it said, she said, it'll be fun. And Bella said, that's what you said last time. And to me, that was one of those moments where I was like, yes, Bella. I like <laughs> be a Bella sassy a bitch. I love when Bella is just the sassiest bitch in the room. Yes. God, if we only had more of that character. Then Alice has a weird vision. Edward and Bella, like, distract away from it. They just start talking back to Jessica and, like, making the humans focus on themselves again, ignoring Alice and her very weird face that she makes when she gets um, visions. Yeah. And then I don't remember exactly what happens because then I go off on a tangent about Brie Tanner. So I think that we see (laughs) Brie Tanner, like the little girl vampire. I don't think we see her yet. I don't know. I didn't make notes about that. I don't know if we see her. No, we don't see her yet because the first thing that we see is that edward drops off bella at the police station and charlie is right. talking to riley's parents riley That's is a happened. kid from yes. forks who's missing we see the picture yep. it's the kid that we saw in the opening shot so we we know where riley is riley's a vampire riley's been missing from forks there's killings in yes. the in seattle and this is the first mention that we hear where Edward's like, yeah, we're keeping tabs on them, but it's getting to the point, it's getting noticeable. We might have to do something about it before the Volturi show up. Then we have that horribly awkward plane ticket conversation. Which I feel like Charlie, get some distance. That was good. Like, I agree. She should get mm-hmm. some distance from Edward. Go see I her agree. Mom. I think she should. In I fact, agree, maybe I agree, not I agree. a return ticket. Um, and then there's a line that I ghost wrote, uh, because this was actually based on me and it's super, that makes me really happy. <laughs> I, I am fucking... pretty sure I've said that to you actually. I, oh, you have word for word, word for fucking fucking word. Like I, the fact that we can also see that Charlie is where Bella gets a lot of her sarcasm and her like comments 
I wish yes. that we had seen more of that because it's so good. And Charlie, you know what else I think about that makes me feel so endeared to Charlie is that I put my parents through some shit in high school when it came to me dating really shitty boys. And yeah. I just look at Charlie and I'm like, God, my dad was going through that. I'm so sorry, Charlie. <laughs> I just adore Charlie. And movie Charlie is very, very good because yes. book Charlie sucks. Um, book Charlie's I'm talking. I don't remember shit about book Charlie. I am talking only movie Charlie. Yeah. Who's book Charlie? I don't know him. Exactly. So then we cut to Florida. Yeah, we have this brief stint in Florida where Edward and Bella go for the weekend and Bella is visiting her mom and her mom makes a comment about like, it's a very intense like relationship between you two. Like he moves, you move. It's like magnets. He watches you like he would do anything to protect you. It's just very intense. We learn that Bella has made up the lie that she's going to be going to the University of Alaska. So she's not going to be able to visit very often. And Renee makes yeah. Bella a t-shirt blanket of all of their t-shirt, all of her old t-shirts from their old travels, which to me is just like, Bella wants to say yeah. that she had this horrible, unfulfilling life. And I'm like, girl, you have, you had so much. Like, what do you? Yes. And the thing, like when I was watching this scene, because Renee is also talking about having to live with choices that she made, which I... Because I'm very anti-Renee. Yeah. When I heard that, I was like, that's really funny that you have to talk to your daughter about living with the choices that you made. That could be taken a lot of different ways in this context, just mm -hmm. saying. Yeah. Um, the second I saw that quilt, I was like, I would have bailed immediately. If I was Bella, I would have immediately bailed on Edward. That's all I would all it would have taken me to be like, you know what, never mind. If I'm ever in a it, Kersey, if I am mm -hmm. ever in a relationship that I'm about to make a really terrible choice that's going to affect the rest of my life. Would you make me a t-shirt blanket? Right, but you would have to tell me about the terrible decision affecting your life, and I probably wouldn't even let it get that far. That's true. I do tell you about every terrible decision I make that could affect my life, and I'm pretty sure if I ever made one that was actually, like, harming my life, you would be at my front door in two seconds and, like... yeah Making sure... Like, I'm not a vampire. I can't run that fast. <laughs> Um, the only other note that I wanted to make on this scene is that Edward is hanging out in like the living room behind them while those two are sunbathing. Yeah. In the books, he is quote unquote sleeping in the back room. He's doing homework. He's hiding because he can't be out in the sunlight and he can only go out with them at night. He's living kind of like the true vampire lifestyle yeah. when they have this conversation. He's right. not physically present. Um, and I just got really annoyed because I'm like, he is sitting in the sun in this movie. There are multiple times he's like in sunlight like he should be sparkling and he's not like none of them are and it drove me insane we only got one sparkle shot in this movie yes and it did not make a lot of sense for this it they were lazy with the sparkle on this movie and it drove me insane well and i think part of it too is that this movie tried to do a lot of they tried to retcon edward being creepy they which weirdly He's still just as creepy. You can't retcon Edward creepy because he's just creepy. You. They tried to retcon a lot of things. They and at the so same time. And they got so far. And in the end, it really didn't even matter. But the other thing is that with this movie, they took a lot out of the book. 
like, or they took a lot of the plot that was in the book out of this movie. Like there is a whole group of characters. There's a whole coven that the Cullens try to go to to ask for help before the wolves that they just axe completely from this movie. Well, and I think part of it is because this isn't over a two hour movie. And so like, this is the point that we're getting to in which it eclipse was a long enough book. They had to cut stuff out to make it a, not a four hour movie, which is why breaking Dawn then became two, because it just kept getting more and more and more to the point where it was like, okay, we, we have to either keep cutting more or make two movies. And I think you can really see that with this movie of how much they had to cut out. They did cut out You were looking a lot. very jealous that... right now. Me? Yeah. With your cardigan and your hair and your hands and your... You just look very... <laughs> I'm not like other girls. I'm you just look like very girls. Kristen Stewart is closet gay bella right now that's all i'm saying anyways that's fair (laughs) (laughs) thank you also i it was the most intrusive thought i had and it was me complimenting you you're welcome Uh (laughs) (laughs) but and at the same time because we know we know what's happening back in forks because the other thing that i wanted to mention yeah is that bella doesn't know any of what's happening and it's incredibly unfair that Bella is being banished over to Florida so that they can try to like hide all of this stuff. And also with t- cutting out the Denali coven, we've it, in the Denali coven, which is a group of all women up in Alaska in reality, where Edward was spending a lot of time in twilight. Okay. Like he was with just these beautiful, gorgeous vampire women. One of them who has a crush on Edward. That's right. Bella doesn't know any of this, but she finds out during this book because we needed to have a little bit more romance drama. That was one of the reasons why, if I remember correctly, and I probably don't, but Bella was very uncomfortable with that because other women want Edward and she feels so self-conscious, which is also part of why she is pushing to become a vampire so she can be attractive to him because she just cannot understand why he likes her. Um, So cutting all of that out really infuriated me. The fact that Bella doesn't know any of what's happening in Washington drives me insane. One of those vampires' names is Siobhan, right? Um, that sounds familiar. This is how I learned how to spell Siobhan, because it's the one that's spelled that lo- it looks like Siobhan, but it's Siobhan. I think when I was reading it, I called her Shibin, and I'm like, that's a stupid name. Yeah, I was like, Siobhan? What kind of name? No, it's pronounced Siobhan. Yeah. Um. Okay, so yeah. What Bella doesn't know is that the Cullens are in the woods because Alice sees Victoria. Victoria runs to the reservation. We have this whole back and forth where she is bouncing back and forth between the Cullen territory and the reservation territory. And the wolves are chasing her. The Cullens are chasing her. She gets away because Emmett doesn't stop at the territory line. He jumps across, gets stopped by a wolf. Yes. And then we have hot emo jacob show up at the school to tell edward to keep the cullens off their land and i have never seen taylor lautner look as attractive as except for that moment with the slow turn and the black t-shirt that is two sizes too small and he is pissed and then bella finds out that one jacob decided to cause problems on purpose 
He showed up to cause problems. Jacob showed up to cause problems, but he caused the correct problems because he was like, I'm sorry, Bella doesn't fucking know. That's not yeah. okay. Like, so I don't know what Edward expected when he lies to Bella and Jacob doesn't lie. He tells Bella the truth. This man, I just want to, I just want to point out so far, this man in this movie has stalked her, stopped her from going where she wanted to go. literally physically Mm -hmm. stopped her from going where she wanted to go lied to her coerced her out of the state emotionally manipulated her and we're only 20 minutes into this movie i will say uh podcast wise we're doing a great on timing we are 20 minutes in finally (laughs) we are much further than we normally are at this point i know we made it past the opening scene (laughs) I know, and now we're cooking, because I don't want to talk that much about this movie. No, well, I... we're going to fly through a lot of it, because there's some stickler points, but we're going to fly through a lot of this. So, Jacob yes. shows up, hot, hot, hot Taylor Lautner, and then Bella finds out everything, and and mm-hmm. Edward's like, what the, f- why did you say that? And Bella, because she's pissed at Edward, gets on Jake's bike, which, Jake rides a bike! yeah. Uh, the bikes that they got together. I know, he still rides the bike. So she gets on the back of the bike and they go to Emily's house. Yeah. Which I just want to say that whole scene with those, like the boys being like, oh good, we can finally stop listening to Jacob's thoughts about like, should I call Bella? Oh, should Bella, should Bella call me? Should I answer? What should I say to her? I don't, that whole back and forth, I was cackling. The wolves the only note I had is the wolves are so much better than the vamps. They are so much more fun. How do you watch this movie and not think that they're the best option? They are literally like, oh, hey, girl, we missed you. Oh, let's make fun of our brother here. It's so nice to see you. Like, I, how do you watch this and not just be on their side? Not to fall into the, the same trope that we criticize the writers for last week but they have such golden retriever energy they really do because the whole time i was like they are acting like puppies excited that their owner's back home (laughs) and i was like oh that's not that's so problematic there's a whole we did a whole thing on that but i do want to say like there is a lot of the the energy is that of family like the energy of like we see two families and it's actually mm-hmm. really interesting because I was looking up some stuff today on the Quileute history and I found an, a website that does an entire breakdown of Twilight fact versus fiction in regards to Quileute tribe representation. That's and fantastic. one of the things that is brought up in this is that they they bring up the clear like the Cullens are this pristine, clean, like upper class looking family and these will you tribe members are shown to be poor and you don't ever see them going to school so they're uneducated and they're wearing like Mm -hmm. these crappy clothes and like things like that and and it is like you can definitely see that but one of the other things that you see that I think accidentally became good representation is that you see this pristine clean quiet awkward family like and it's supposed to be like oh upper class like vampire whatever like the vampire stillness whatever but it's it's just awkward and weird and off-putting. And then you get this family that's supposed to be like, oh, and like, I think what it is is we can see Stephanie's perspective of what she thought of certain types of people. But then we come and look at it and we're like, actually, I prefer this one over here 
where maybe they don't have the most money, but they're all happy and nice and loving and caring for each other and just want to take care of each other. I'd pick that over these weird, awkward, might kill you people any day. Which, then we also get to see Leah, my goddess, my queen. Ah, Leah. Leah! Leah, where the hell you been, Mocha? I love that actress just, she deserves all the accolades. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She really does. And I, so we also learn about wolf telepathy. I think this is the first Mm -hmm. time it's been brought up is we learn that all the wolves have telepathy. So they can all hear each other's thoughts. They cannot control it. They cannot hide thoughts. Everyone is in everyone's mind. So... Which that conversation then leads into the imprinting conversation and Bella starts to understand it. So then we learn about imprinting. Let's just get through this. So imprinting is basically there is a perfect mate for the werewolves. When they turn into, when they become werewolves, somewhere out in the world is a perfect mate for them. And when you meet your perfect mate, Jacob describes it as it is no longer gravity holding you to the earth. It is her. And it once again set so many teenage girls up for disappointment because that's not how love works. No. Um, it They do say that it seems to happen on both sides. So it's not one-sided. It seems to happen on both sides. I do very distinct, like I very, I kind of remember, I could be wrong, but I have this memory of a conversation when it happens in the book where it says, well, how could you, like, it's so intense, You, it's so, like, big, how could you turn that away? Of course you're going to, like, fall for it. And I may be, I may be misremembering that. I might be misremembering that. might be... Uh, so I do think that's part of the conversation in the books. Um, they have more examples of yeah. people who have imprinted in the books as well. Yeah. Um, we can cover that in Breaking Dawn when we get to that point. Yeah, I think Breaking Dawn would be a huge one. conversation with that. So yeah, then it will. Jacob is very much in love with Bella. And then Bella tells Jacob. She's going to turn into a vampire. I'm going to turn into a vampire after graduation. And he says he would rather she be dead than one of them. Realizes he took it a step too far and apologizes. Um, He does have a temper tantrum. Like, not before like you've even lived like he thought he had more time to try to convince her otherwise um does throw a tantrum which again i'm just frustrated because i'm like does no one understand the lack of options here because edward wanted to throw a temper tantrum and go to the volturi and bring bella into this the volturi said options are death or vampire well so how much i guess my question with that is how much does jacob know about what the volturi told them because maybe jacob doesn't know that if she doesn't become a vampire because in bella's mind it's like well it doesn't matter if the the volturi said that if i don't become a vampire i'm gonna die because i'm gonna become a vampire so maybe jacob and the tribe don't even know that if bella doesn't become a vampire the volturi are gonna show up and then also yeah the whole thing about how bella can't see around the werewolves what is the entire yeah alice can't see around the werewolves what is the entire situation if the volturi were to show up with the to the werewolves and they're protecting bella and like you know what's gonna happen then like i don't know it just yeah it's it's a whole thing yeah um it's just frustrating because i'm like 
I think that you need to tell him you don't have a choice. And even if you did have a choice, this is what you wanted. I don't think it's the right choice, but you don't have one anymore. You've had your autonomy stripped away from you. Which then Bella's like, no, I should like, maybe I shouldn't have come. Jacob's like, maybe you shouldn't have. And I'm like, you, you probably shouldn't have, but also I would so much rather hang out with the wolves and game plan how I could escape the Volturi oh and live God. with you guys. So much rather, Bella. So then we go back to the house and we see the stranger, Riley, is now a vampire. He is in Bella's room. He picks up a shirt and he takes it. He goes downstairs. He's staring really closely at Charlie's face because Charlie's sleeping mm-hmm. on the couch. We get a cut. Bella walks in. Charlie's awake. He's fine. And then uh, Charlie's like, oh, what? He can't respect dinner time now? And Bella's like, actually, I was with Jacob. And Charlie's like, oh, sweet Jesus, thank God. <laughs> that is A-OK in my book. You want to go and back? You want to hang out with him more? In fact, don't come back if you're with Jacob. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. He's like, oh, my God. Do you want to get married to Jacob? I will sign whatever papers you need, baby girl. <laughs> so... Then Edward knocks on the door 30 seconds later, and I'm like, God fucking damn it. So and Edward is pissed. Yes, he's got them dark eyes. No, he has light eyes in this moment. He's got really light eyes. So he, and then Bella's like, oh, I'm sorry. I probably smell like wolves because and takes off her jacket. And he's like, no, there's another smell. So Edward smells Riley. Riley. Yeah. They have a whole conversation, and he's like, so they have a conversation with the Cullen family where they're like, okay, we'll have to do more rotations. And Rosalie very accurately is like, how the hell are we supposed to do this? Like, why are more protection detail for her? Are you kidding me? And I'm like, thank you, Rosalie. And But also, because it's just not feasible to have protection on Bella. It's it's not feasible to have times. protection on Bella, protection on Charlie, live lives like normal humans, and feed. Yes. So, so then Bella is like, hey, I know what to do. And we cut to Edward v. Jacob, round two. Fighters, enter the ring. <laughs> yep. And then Bella is like, I'm Switzerland, okay? I'm okay, Switzerland. Yeah. I'm Switzerland. I'm neutral. So then we have this whole Edward drives up to the territory line, drops off Bella, gives her a big old romantic kiss right in front of Jacob. Bella walks over, gives Jacob a hug, and he gives her this big old hug, and he calls her beautiful, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like- There is a line uh, that Edward says where it's like, doesn't he have a shirt? And oh, like, yeah, that's, that's right. That's something we've said last episode <laughs> several times. <laughs> doesn't he have a shirt? Actually. And I, I just, these boys are having the biggest pissing contest. They are. It's, it's- ridiculous. And it's so insecure because Edward knows that Bella has chosen him. There is not a single shred of doubt in anyone's mind. Bella has chosen Jacob or has chosen Edward. Well, there's a shred of doubt in there's a shred of Mm. doubt in Bella's mind. (laughs) I actually I talk about this later. I don't buy for a second that Bella actually loves Jacob in this in this movie. In this movie? No. In the book, there was a whole lot more to make it realistic. And I think this is a good example of if you didn't read the book, 
you're going to be watching this movie like what the fuck is happening and i think that happens a lot it happened we talk about that with hunger games like if you were to not read the yeah. books and watch the hunger game movies you're like what the fuck is happening but it's very is, confusing very disorienting this is one of those movies where if you don't if you like you haven't read the book you're like huh like what i don't get mm-hmm. it so then we see um jacob brings bella to the quote-unquote council meeting so says that she's going to a party first 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 is like what do you want to do today we can do whatever you want um but tonight there's a party that we're going to go to and bella's like okay whatever then she's like are you sure it's okay that i come to this party it's nighttime now so i have no idea what they've done all day um is it okay that i'm here and then he's like oh actually it's a council meeting we want you here so you can learn our history and i'm like can we please stop surprising bella with shit Please just let her go into anything prepared, like mentally prepared. Please. Yeah. And we see Seth, who is Leah's little brother, is a a werewolf. He is baby. He's what, 12 years old in this? Uh, He is supposed to be 15 years old. He looks 12. He looks looks 12 because Jacob is supposed to be 16. Uh, Jacob's supposed to be 17 at this point. Okay, so at this point he's 17. But I'm sorry, he looked the exact same a year ago when he was 16. No, it's very true. He definitely did. And this is also supposed to be a 15-year-old that has shifted into a wolf. Yeah. So he's. I don't buy it. There's a lot of things that I will suspend disbelief. Homie looks 12. I, I get that they were trying to make him look young, but like, whatever. Because he's supposed to be the baby. He is supposed to be the absolute youngest wolf to ever shift. Yeah. So I get it. Um, aged him down in comparison to the other cast is too young. Yeah. So then we have, we get the history of the tribe. And Kirstie and I talked about uh, this. And what we're going to do after we get through Breaking Dawn Bart 2 is I am going to put in some research time and I'm going to do an accurate, as accurate as I can possibly get, true to real life history of the Quileute tribe. Because I think that it is one, horribly unfair that this tribe's history has been completely taken over by Twilight. And two, even more unfair that they see no compensation from this. Um, I'd also like to add a third, secret third thing. It's incredibly unfair that no Native actors were cast to play the Natives. So there there are Native actors that play the Natives. Of the main wolves, I don't think they are. They are, are Native American. Are they? Actors. Okay. Yes. I will rephrase. It's not from the correct tribe. And I feel like if no, you're going that is the thing. To- None of them are from the yeah. Quileute tribe. So they are Native American actors. They are not Quileute actors. And I and do think that they should have been Quileute actors if you're going to name drop and use another person's culture so blatantly with such little respect. Because another thing that we can see, it, it, because what this does, and I'll just say this and then we can move on, is it makes Native Americans a blanket statement of native american because as you can tell i don't remember his name but the actor who plays jacob's dad billy black if you look at him and you look at the actor who played harry henry clearwater is it henry or harry 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 Harry. 
So if you look at Billy, the actor of Billy Black and the actor of Harry Clearwater, they are from two distinctly different sections of the country tribes like you you could probably pull up those actors and they would be descended from different tribes native american tribes you cannot put a blanket on native american tribes and you cannot say that a member of the quilu tribe would be anything close to a member of the lakota tribe or of the navajo like you could not it's it's not only horribly inaccurate it is a complete washing of dozens of tribes and histories and and I just I wanted to make that note because it is very important to me as someone who has been raised luckily to have an appreciation of the history and the culture around Native American tribes it's important to me that we give proper credit where credit is due for this tribe so I wanted to make that note we are going to do a longer episode after Breaking Dawn, where I talk about it more, I just want to say the history of the tribe for the origin story in this movie is completely inaccurate. The only point is that it that is accurate is that it involves wolves. Beyond that, there is nothing about this origin story that is accurate to the correct Quileute history story. I want to make that very clear. Fuck yes. this movie for that and that alone. More things, but that specifically. Yeah. Fuck this movie um, for that. What I would like to say, having no, not really any information on the actual tribe history, mm-hmm. it's wild to me that because the wolves can imprint, they don't seem to understand the mating bond between vampires. I don't understand if an enemy is nearby, if that can just cause them to start turning into wolves and like have people start shifting. What constitutes an enemy? Does it now have to be a vampire or could it be anyone? Because I feel like once colonization started happening, you would think they would might have few more wolves to protect themselves. Just saying. I feel like enemy is really, really vague. Yeah, I'm sorry. You can turn into a giant wolf to kill a vampire, but the American government is able to move you onto a reservation. And also yeah. I just want to point out another thing that we kind of mentioned when we talked about the twilight or the, the timeline history before is that the LaPush reservation might not even be where the Quileute tribe originated from. And from what I've read, it's not where the Quileute tribe originated from and spent most of their time. So this whole history of them being in this area for their origin story is once again, inaccurate yes um obviously this story is just to foreshadow the battle later on where bella is useless except for her courage which i i don't want to spend too much time talking about it because i was just annoyed because i'm like that's not brave so to get to get a a quick synopsis we get a history flashback essentially what happens is a vampire shows up kills some of the quill tribe the tribe leader gets angry and turns into a wolf, kills the vampire. Then we get a cut to another f- flashback where the mate of that vampire comes in and starts destroying the village. They're running around. The There's only one fighter left, and it's this chief, and he's the only one left because everyone else has been killed, and he yeah. can't 
seem to get the upper hand on this vampire. So it is noted that his third wife, the third wife is how she is referred to, makes a sacrifice and stabs herself in the stomach so that the blood distracts the vampire to give enough time for the tribe leader to kill her. Yes. It's stupid and dumb because the entire ground is covered in the blood of the Native Americans that she's already killed. She's it's, holding her dead child who is bleeding. Who is bleeding. More blood is not going to distract. It. It is a... It also seems to imply that all vampires have absolutely no restraint when it comes to fresh blood, which we have seen time and time again. That is not the case. Yeah. And... I do not think that it is courageous to do that to yourself. And then spoiler alert, because this is just foreshadowing, Bella does this to distract Victoria. And I would just like to say that felt frustrating to me because all Bella did was hurt herself, potentially distract Edward more and draw Riley closer to her. Like all of the things that she did only puts herself in more danger. And it drove me insane. And I do not like the way that they present this is courage the only thing that she had available not throwing something to distract her not trying to put up some sort of fight not she then also can shift and now we have female werewolves she decides to kill herself and that's the most noble thing she could have done in that in that moment and i don't like that message i don't like that message either and i don't like that it's it's saying women the strongest thing you can do for your man is to sacrifice yourself for him and it is something that seems to be repeated throughout this this like specific chapter is sacrifice is the only thing you can do. You are only good for sacrifice. Um, and I hate it. Don't love it. Um, I also realized in this moment when they're talking about like enemies and everything, the Cullens knew about the disappearances in Seattle, knew it was a vampire know that Vela seems to constantly attract vampires to want to kill her. They were aware of this and they still left. Yeah, because Riley disappeared basically the exact same time that uh, the, the whole thing happened with James. Yeah, and they knew, they said that they were keeping tabs on it. They were keeping an eye. So they knew that a new coven, an army was being formed they were aware of this so at first it was just a few Still killings left. and then it started like ramping up but even if you have a vampire so close by that is doing random killings you know they're going to move around they're going to be nomadic and you're just going to seattle's leave. close to forks mm -hmm. and you're just going to leave bella there you are aware that she is in danger and that she could die and he still threw this huge temper tantrum to run to the Volturi. I made this game plan in case something happened to you. Something could have happened. She was in a lot of danger and you did nothing. And now you're not even telling her. And then a lot of this movie was things Bella didn't think about before she wanted to turn into a vampire, such as her mom, her dad, Jacob, having a life, living her life. Going to college with Jessica. Um, I think the Cullens need to be held responsible for their crimes. Criminal. This is criminal behavior. This is psychotic criminal behavior. We haven't even gotten to the actual psychotic criminal behavior. That all happens in Breaking Dawn. 
Nope. Okay, so we move on from this. We see a whole new coven of vampires now being created by Riley. Yep. We learn that Arrow wants Alice and Edward for their mind abilities. We also know that the Volturi is in Seattle watching this coven of vampires be created. The Volturi being Jane. Jane is in Seattle. Yeah, there's Jane, Tweedledee, Tweedledum, and George. Felix is Tweedledee. I I don't know who Felix is actually, George. I don't know. (laughs) No, Felix. Oh, no. Felix is the tall guy. George is Alec. And then there's Tweedledum. (laughs) I'm not going to bother learning their names. Nope. The only reason I don't care that much. Yeah. I think this is the perfect moment for me to do my mini episode, an episode within an episode, because the little vampire that we see, um, this little girl, her name is Brie Tanner, and she is probably, unironically, my favorite character in Twilight. She is the one where she's like, I'm so thirsty, um, and he tells her to just go drink. Some, Some backstory. Brie Tanner has a novella that was not published as of this movie coming out when stephanie meyer was writing eclipse back in the day she loved this vampire so much she thought she was so fun so cute so adorable really liked her decided to write about her in the illustrated guide and if you don't know the illustrated guide is where stephanie meyer has all of the backstories of every single character you get a lot of crazy detail on some of these characters lives in the illustrated guide So she's typing away, decides, actually, I have too much to say about Brie to put her just in the illustrated guide, which is what sparked the the short second life of Brie Tanner, a Twilight novella. It takes place at the same time of Eclipse, and it just follows her life. She is turned three months before the movie starts. So she's a three-month-old vampire at this time. Here is what happens with Brie. Brie is lured by Riley into following him to go get a burger. This is important because she is starving. And it's only important because she, the first time we see her on screen as well, she is starving. She is starving because she is currently homeless, living on the streets. She eats whatever food she can steal and whatever she can find in garbage cans. The reason she is homeless is she ran away from home because her father is abusive towards her. Her father is abusive towards her because her mom ran out earlier. So she was abandoned by her mom and then her dad beats her. Now she eats out of garbage cans. Riley finds her and says, hey, come back with me, turns her into a vampire. And that's how her life starts as a vampire. Jesus. She, yeah, she becomes friends and eventually becomes mates with this guy diego who's also a vampire he has been a vampire for 11 months at this point so they're out hunting together they're talking they become friends and then lovers and they both say something's not quite right we feel like riley's using us as pawns something bigger is at play here um they do not know who victoria is they just refer to her as her mm-hmm no idea where she is she's not living with them she's far away they decide one night to follow riley because 
like something's just not adding up something's a little bit suspicious and they follow riley one night when he is going to meet up with victoria they eavesdrop on this conversation they're talking about building the army blah 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 nothing super important happens except the voltori show up during this conversation they tell victoria you are in trouble we need to punish you you are amassing an army and we don't like that however if you attack the cullens we'll let you go by the way you have five days to do this if by day five you have not attacked the cullens we're going to kill you so the volturi give their seal of approval as long as they kill the cullens yeah i'm sorry this is just kept in this novella that mm-hmm. came out after the series was complete yes this massive massive plot changing point mm-hmm. stephanie what the fuck so she had a draft of this and she did give it to the director i think some of the actors um the screenwriter so that they could see and like know did this Robert character Pattinson so they got to look at it and immediately throw it in the trash probably he probably burned it to keep warm <laughs> tent scene but the they fire hear, that we they... see was built off of those pages <laughs> oh, so Brie and Diego return to the hideout where everyone's hiding she says we should leave I want to run away Diego says I need to talk to Riley because Diego thinks that Riley is his best friend he trusts him with his life with his whole chest Riley is his best friend. This is why we don't listen to men. Riley comes back to the hideout after them. Um, The thing that Diego wants to tell Riley, by the way, is that they found out that vampires can go into the sunlight and they shimmer. This seems to be unknown knowledge to the newborns. Like these newborns are being kept in the dark. Again, this is plot changing. I would say like this is a pretty big plot point for us to understand how this army is working and like what's happening yeah. does not talk about it like it's just kept to this novella so riley gets back and he says hey there are some vampires like over there they're older than us they want to kill us they want you guys dead actually so if you want to live you have to stick he- you have to stay with me you have to stay here and we need to learn how to fight so they like Riley does like Brie does uh Diego goes to talk to Riley Riley then sees Brie when they're learning how to fight like they're spending like a three-day training montage Mm -hmm. um sees Brie and says hey Diego is doing some surveillance work for her so he's not gonna be around but don't worry you'll see him at the battle so Brie continues to train for these three nights um they're all training all of the newborn vampires go they take out a ferry i guess like a ferry boat uh to get all of the strength riley is riling everybody up saying here's what's gonna happen there's these vampires they're all gonna have yellow eyes so you know that they're the enemy and they are going to have a human as a pet here's this shirt smell it learn it kill her the newborns go to fight the Cullens. Bree is behind a little bit, 
because she is talking with her friend, Fred. Fred says that she want, he wants to run away. Fred is also a vampire, by the way. He says he wants to run away to Vancouver. He will wait exactly one day for Bree before he pieces the fuck out. Bree says, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to get Diego from the battle. Meet you there. We can go live our fun little vampire life in Vancouver. I'm not about this shit. See you there. Let me just go get Diego. So Riley then goes to the battle, figures out Diego is dead, sees this massacre. You mean Brie? Yeah, sorry. So Brie Mm. goes to the battle. She sees everyone being killed, like all of these newborn vampires just being massacred. Figures out that Diego is dead, like makes the connections and is like, oh, her probably killed him. And Riley probably killed him for disobedience because he went out into the sun and like found all this stuff. And she tries to run away. She tries to leave the battle. She gets there, says, no, actually this sucks. Tries to leave and then Carlisle corners her. Jasper and Esme join. Then they start debating if they should kill her or not. In front of her, she is cornered and stuck, and these people are debating if they should kill her or not. The fight ends. The Volturi show up. So, like, the fight ends. They decide to just restrain her for now. Volturi are here, and uh, they are going over, like, what the fuck just happened, this and that. They're trying to get information. Bree is starting to figure out who everyone is. She thinks very loudly at Edward what just happened and like all the information that she knows. Jane tries to interrogate Bree because she's not pleased with what the Cullens are saying. So she goes after Bree. Um, Bree pretends that she doesn't know anything. She says that Riley was training all of them. They didn't know what was happening. They were afraid that if they didn't follow orders that they were going to die all of this stuff. Um, and the Volturi decide to kill Brie anyway. Um, Carlisle and Edward in this novella, not Carlisle and Esme, um, they try to say, we'll take her in, we'll teach her the rules, we'll take responsibility for all of this, please don't kill her. Um, and the book ends with Edward telling Bella to close her eyes. Brie doesn't understand that was a like order for Bella so she closes her eyes and then she dies like the book just ends with her closing her eyes you know I said it once and I'll say it again Stephanie what the fuck yeah so here's what I did not tell you about the two friends that I mentioned okay Fred and Diego we're gonna start with Fred because everyone calls him freaky Fred because his power is repulsion so he keeps people away just by repulsing them so brie uses him as like a shield because during the time like all the newborns are hiding out gangs start to form of course yeah so there's like a divide between the newborns no one likes fred so brie starts hanging out with him to like kind of stay out of the shuffle okay diego again thinks riley is his best friend The reason he thinks Riley is his best friend is that Riley rescued him when Diego was trapped in an alleyway. Diego was in the alleyway because he just murdered the gang leader who murdered his brother. I have to go. Um, what part do you have questions? Yes. Okay. Uh, shoot. What's up? What questions do you have for me? What the fuck? (laughs) 
again, I unironically think Brie is one of the most amazing, interesting characters. She not only is an abuse, like domestic violence survivor, she constantly tries to like live and wanted to leave. I, I, how does Stephanie Meyer write an actual interesting character in the novella? I and we get Bella I which I think this novella is so interesting because it takes us out of the little bubble that Bella lives in we get to see this is the true vampire nature this is why the wolves hate them so much there is zero regard for human life they are just so thirsty they are killing people left and right it does not matter if they are abusive people if they're bad people if they are good innocent people just on a ferry if they are sex workers in a pimp in the alleyway does not matter they just kill people and turn people whoever they want into vampires and do whatever they want and i think it's so important because we can see from Bree's perspective that is not what she wanted to do that's not the life she wants she probably would have fit into the collins very very well if we're honest yeah. would have loved probably loved the vegetarian lifestyle instead she was cornered and forced to stay by carlisle esme and jasper and that is what killed her the entire like she's just escaping and um at the end of the book as well like she doesn't necessarily want to keep living one because jane is using her mind powers on her so she's in like excruciating pain yeah but also because diego is dead and she's like i don't really want to go on without my mate, without this person who I'm in love with. Yeah. Um, Brie, by the way, is 15 years old and Diego is 18 years old. So there's this 15 year old girl. I just, I like to give ages for context because I mean, 18, decrepit. If it wasn't Victoria, it was gonna be old age that did that 18 year old in. Speaking of ages, I did want to point out that when the whole friendship and then Jacob getting a crush on Bella happened. Bella was 18 and Jacob was 16. I did think about that and feel the need to just state that for the record. So thanks. I hated it. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I just, that makes me so angry. Like, it's such an interesting story with such interesting characters. And it didn't have to sit, like, it's not like there was going to be this huge exposition and all of this drama. Brie just wanted to exist. She wanted to be safe. She didn't want to continuously be hungry, thirsty, whatever. That's how she was lured. Like, and it just kind of sucks. Yeah. And then to have that story and Rosalie's story. And granted, Bella doesn't know the story. No one in the like, no one outside of Brie knows her story in this book, like in this universe, which is so tragic to me. Yeah. But that we have this story and then we have Rosalie's story, which Rosalie's story in the books is so much more graphic than what they imply. Oh in yeah. The movies. Oh yeah. They, they left that as use your imagination to the nth degree. Yeah. And that both of them would probably be like, if I could choose any other possibility, any other outcome, it would be that one. I do not like being a vampire. I do not want to be here. And Bella's like, when can I turn? Turn me now. I want to live this life. I feel like it adds so much yeah. to this story. 
Um, but yeah, so the Volturi are totally cool with this newborn army as long as they take care of the Cullens. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on from this. So then I my next note is just Charlie in all caps. What did Charlie do in this moment that I loved so much? Well, you, you kind of skipped ahead here. Because that does not shock me. Because once we see, hold on, where are we? So we see Jane observing the new coven. That's where we're at. Right. Okay. So then we have, they're back on the reservation now. Okay. It's a new day, new dawn. Um, I think this is where Edward says like he's selfish. He doesn't have a soul. So he wants to keep her soul. There was something, there was some interaction that we had with Charlie um i don't know what it was i just had charlie in all caps so i don't know what charlie did but charlie did something that i loved then we have the conversation between jacob and bella where jacob is like you should stay human and she's like i'm in love with you choose me pick me um she's made it very clear she's not going to choose anyone else and then jacob kisses her against her will without consent not great yes and then she punches him in the face punches him and breaks her hand. Yeah, breaks her hand. He does not take her to the hospital first. Instead, just takes her home, which then Edward shows up and he's pissed. They're fighting outside of the house. Edward v. Jacob, round three, go. Yeah. And I just want to say, okay, in this moment, I just want to say this. Oh my God. Charlie just stepped between two superhuman beings and just was mm-hmm. like, I'm dad here. Let me handle this. Let me just get. Uh, come let on, me put boys on now. the sheriff voice. Let me just calm down a little bit here, boys. Calm what down, happens? boys. And I'm just like, this man is standing between two creatures that could kill him in a second. And it's just like, no, yeah. no, no. Dad trumps all. I'm dad and I win. <laughs> I am sheriff dad. I just. And I will tell you to stop. Fucking. And then the whole thing where Charlie's like, what happened? Wait, wait, I want to do a dramatic reading because I wrote it down. Please, please. I kissed Bella and she broke her hand, punching my face. And Edward and Jacob does not break eye contact with Edward this whole time. They are staring down each other. Stare down. Stare down. (laughs) If they could kill each other, they would. You know that Jacob is like thinking dirty, dirty, dirty thoughts to piss Edward off more. Like, he is trying to goat Edward into losing his shit so that Bella will go with him. This was all part of his 20-step plan to convince Bella to stay human with him. (laughs) Um, And then Edward takes Bella to Carlisle at the Cullet House. Yeah. So then we have the conversation with rosalie where we learn rosalie's backstory it's not a great one and it's pretty dark it's very dark trigger warning if you don't want to hear it skip ahead two to five minutes um we'll say two we'll we'll keep it short two minutes if you don't want to hear this so basically rosalie lived in what time period was that um it's super vague ambiguous but i would say like 1920s 1930s Maybe 1920s to 1940s. Uh, no, it would have to be. I think 1920s. Uh, 1920s? Late, 
Yeah, um, I'm going to say based on what she was wearing, 1910s to 1920s. Okay, so 1920s, and she she basically said, my life was perfect. The only thing I could have wanted was a husband and a family. And she was seeing this guy who turned out to be a really scummy guy. He stopped her one night, and... So this is her fiancé. At this point, they are getting married the next day. Mind you, so is this that is the what night that before. Is? Okay, they are getting supposed to be married the night, like they're supposed to be getting married the next day. He calls her over, and in the movie, he calls her over. Their friends start getting a little rough, and then it kind of fades to black. We don't see what really happens. We just hear a commotion. He's like trying the- to remove her clothes. Fades yeah. to black. We don't know. Um, in the books. It's much darker. He take like, I think she's invited into his house or something like that. Um, he and his friends all take turns with her. And then they are so rough that they nearly kill her. And then they just throw her out onto the street. And that is when Carlisle finds her after she has just been assaulted and then turns her against her will. Like she is not able to consent to it. She, I think, was like, trying to say no but was so close to death there was no way she could have so she was just assaulted and then permanently altered then she goes on to kill everyone in her wedding dress well and what i think i want like i want to point out as well is like she is assaulted and not just assaulted she is brutalized to the point of essentially carlisle could not save her his only choice was to turn her into a vampire and he finds her on the in the gutter like yeah. finding her in the gutter is true both movie and book on the brink of death yes almost could not save her brink of death like yes. even with the venom yeah so pretty dark um, very dark goes I do on wanna... to kill everyone this, this is one of my favorite things because she goes on to kill everyone in her wedding dress so she dresses up in her wedding dress Every single time she's going to kill these men. And we get to see that amazing shot where she breaks into the room. She kills the men outside. She's got her bright red eyes and she goes in and she kills her, her fiance. Yes. And the, um, I just want to say, you're going to love this. This is the note I wrote down. Rosalie killing these men dressed in her wedding dress is camp. It's pretty camp. Um, I would also like to add that she never had, she's never had human blood. In the books, they say this. She's almost as perfect as, uh, she says she's almost as perfect as some, um, I think she says she's almost as perfect as Esme. I think Esme also has not had human blood. So why were her eyes red then? All newborns have red eyes when they're born. Oh, okay. I forgot that. Okay. So... It's just really important because she said that she killed her abusers in such a way she wouldn't spill a drop of blood so that she wouldn't drink it. So she's never had human blood, even though she's killed a lot of men. Uh, but frankly, I don't even think that it counts. I think she was right. I I am on anyway. her side. I am on her side. Okay, so now we move on. Uh, graduation time. Yeah. So graduation Jessica nailed that graduation speech. 
I just want to say, unironically, the number of people who copied Jessica's graduation speech, I'm pretty sure my graduation valedictorian copied parts of Jessica's graduation speech. See, it's pretty funny because Anna Kendrick in an interview says that she thought the speech was stupid and like that it was just nonsense and she was just rambling. And she's like, oh, then I watched the movie and it was so good. But I think it's just because Kristen Stewart's reacting in such a way you think that anything I say has meaning. And I'm like, but I think it does have meaning. And it I think- does have meaning in the same way that all motivational speaking has meaning and that it's all kind of dumb if you think about it enough, but it's also kind of inspiring if you just let it be inspiring. But I, I just felt like it did so much. And again, I'm probably overthinking it the same way I did the Robert Frost thing. But yeah. I feel like as she's talking about making mistakes and everything you do can be undone, and we're seeing Bella. I think through Bella's eyes, she's starting to realize how much she has to lose by turning yeah. into a vampire and how much is going to be gone. Well, yeah, because any 17, 18 year old thinks that her life is terrible and all she would rather be is like somewhere else and completely different. And it's then when you start in graduation, you're like, wow, okay, maybe I do have things. Like it to me, it's a Twilight would have been such a better coming of age story if she just stayed human and said, no, fuck you, Edward. Yes. Then we have the graduation party. Jacob shows up and apologizes. And Bella's like, why are you here? And he was like, well, you invited me. And she was like, the sucker punch or the left hook to the face was an uninvitation or whatever. So they're there. Alice has a uh, vision and there's an army coming for Bella. So then we have this whole conversation with Jacob and his two werewolf brothers and the Cullens, where basically they're like, we need to figure out what to do. There's this army coming. And Jacob's like, I will help. The tribe will help. And Bella's like, you can't do this. And Edward's like, no, no, actually, this is a good idea. Which I also would just like to say when Bella's like, no, don't do this. Don't get involved. They have to be involved because there is there's no treaty to stop those vampires from going into the reservation. Yeah, that's literally what the werewolves are being made for. Like, this whole, don't get involved, this isn't your fight, it is, because she will come onto their land, she will kill the reservation without a second thought, and if she has a whole army of newborn vampires, there's not a thing that will save the regular people in your town. Like, no, that reservation they have to be wiped out. Forks, gone. Like, they have to be involved. So the werewolves and the vampires have a meeting to learn about newborns. The werewolves observe the vampire's training to learn how to fight against werewolves. We learn about the newborns. We get stupid, awful military Jasper. I wish this man was a hippie instead. Yeah. And then we get Jasper's story. I have to say, Jasper's story means nothing to me. I nothing Jasper's story. It was boring. It was stupid. All it was was a setup to learn what Victoria's doing to Riley. Like, long story short, for yeah. those who don't know, Jasper was the youngest general in the Texas Cavalry for the Confederate Army. Um, I would just like to add, he's proud of the fact that he was the youngest general on the Confederate side. Also had not seen a lick of battle. He mentions that as yeah. well. He did not fight at all for the Confederate Army. He was just in it. 
and then yes meets these women who he thinks he's gonna help them turns out they're vampires that are creating a coven because there's constant vampire battles happening in the south during this time which is the first time we learn about this she turns jasper jasper becomes her second in command for her newborn fights and like things so she basically this woman keeps a running ring of newborn vampires and jasper's the one who does all the dirty work for her trains them kills them if they get too old we learn that newborns are strongest and fastest the first year of their life because they still have their human blood in them they're ruthless they're bloodthirsty all this different stuff and basically Mm -hmm. then jasper is being controlled by this woman like it's all just a setup to learn how riley is being controlled by victoria it's It's just, hey, here is important skill that Jasper now has, and we're going to transfer it on to move the plot along. We're going to spend, honestly, far too much time on this whole training montage. We could have cut that down. Like, yeah, that was the... There's a lot of fight scenes. They wanted fight scenes in this. They wanted fight scenes so bad. Yeah. The total shift of this movie, this is no longer a romance. Like, this is really when they could have been focusing on the love triangle, really building it out more, and they didn't. And they really loved to focus on the battle scenes and the fighting, and it was so boring. And I think that's why I hate this movie so much. This movie came out in 2010. Iron Man 2 was released in 2010. So we are at about the beginning of... We're on the upswing We are at the birth of Marvel Cinematic Universe, which means that we're at the point in which everyone's going, oh, we need action in movies. This big blockbuster needs some sort of action to happen in it, which we also see in what happens in Breaking Dawn Part 2, and I can't wait to talk about that scene. So, fight scene, unimportant. The only thing important about it is that we see that they're working together. We get it. Yes. So... Jasper's history, whatever. Then Bella has a nightmare about Jasper, but it's Victoria whispering into Jasper's ear. She Bella wakes up, and once again, Bella is the smartest dreamer in the whole world. She's so unique and special, and she figures out, oh, Victoria's Victoria whispering is... in Riley's ear. Yeah. I thought we knew this. I thought we knew that already. I thought we knew Victoria was building this army. So... Well, here's the thing. You and I did. Because I just gave you an episode within an episode about Brie Tanner. Right, but I thought we knew... I thought the Cullens already knew that Victoria was behind this. They have... So, they knew that Victoria was behind it. They didn't understand how she was able to hide. It's then... Got it. Bella figures out it's Riley who's the vampire. He's been missing... He's the one that Victoria is whispering in the ear of. He's the one making decisions. Okay. Because Alice can apparently fine tune in on people's decisions. Yeah. So then we get a little bit of back and forth. I'm just going to like, I'm going to breeze through as much of this as we can until we get to the next important part. So Edward Edward and Bella decide that they're going to stay away from the fight, but they need Jacob to carry Bella to cover her her scent because the scent of werewolves covers up Bella's human scent. So they come up with this whole plan that Jacob is going to carry Bella away. Edward hates it, whatever. So they are practicing this and we learn in this conversation that Jacob could have been the alpha male of the pack 
but Jacob decided to let Sam be alpha male instead. I also, in that carrying scene, Taylor Lautner's shoulder looked so fucking weird with the way that Kristen Stewart's hand was laying over it. I'm going to send this to you and I just, I just need you to look at this because I took this picture because I was like, what the fuck is happening with his shoulder right now? I paused the movie to be like, what the fuck is happening with his shoulder right now? Oh, I see what you mean. Cause there's like that muscle that, so that's, it's one of the traps. It's the shoulder within, I don't know what it is, but it's the shoulder within the shoulder. Because when you get to a certain level of buffness, it looks like you have a smaller shoulder inside of your shoulders. Second shoulder. But the way that Kristen Stewart's arm is laying over it, he just looks like he has a growth on his shoulder. (laughs) He does. He really just looks like he has a growth on his shoulder. And I, I just saw it and I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? So anyways, yeah, done with that. I <laughs> yeah, so I we, have the, we have this conversation. Jacob could have been alpha male, whatever. Oh, wait, I did have something that I wanted to add to the whole Jasper backstory. Okay, jumping back to Jasper that, real quick. Jumping back to that is that Jasper was in love with Maria. So he loved Maria. Yes. But then he found Alice his mate. So I do think that there is supposed to be some kind of connection or like some kind of you just know – Faded in stars, you find someone and that's your mate. Okay. But you can fall in love again and again and again. So that's why I think Bella may not be Edward's mate. There's never been any confirmation. Did something happen between Maria and Jasper that like caused him to leave? Or was it just that Alice showed up? Um, He figured it out. Like he figured out that she was just using him and then he left. But and he then, was still bebopping around being shitty. And then Alice was like, hey... I'm and then now. he walked into the right place and found Alice. And um, they have this very disgusting, took you long enough. Don't worry, you would never be bad. My sweet baby. Yeah. Like, she's disgusting. Um, yeah. So anyways, yeah. jumping back, Alice and Charlie. Charlie is just enamored with Alice, just adores her. Thinks she's great. Alice is like, Hey, so we're all going to be feeding tonight. You and Edward actually have the house alone tonight. So like, <laughs> hint, hint, hint. Alice is the friend that would try to fuck your dad. Alice is the friend that would fuck your dad. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the way that she's, he's, it's Charlie, like first name basis, a little bit flirtatious, very able to convince him to let his daughter go stay over at your house for a sleepover. I would not trust that shit at all. I would not let someone go sleep over at the Cullen household. I don't care how much I love Alice. Absolutely not. But then we get the best scene. So we have this conversation between Charlie and Bella in which it starts out a very good conversation. Bella's asking about what are you thinking about? Like, what are your thoughts on marriage? Why did you, you never think remarry? it's worth it? Why did yeah? And he, we have a great conversation. And I think one of the reasons why I love it is because this conversation just does flow in the way that a, a conversation between a father and daughter would flow. Which then Charlie's like, you know, just be safe, and you know, like just you know, you beating around the bush. And Bella's like, what are you talking about? And then they have this very awkward. Did you write any of it down? I'm wondering. Um, he does say, like, don't get married. 
because you're knocked up. Like that's essentially the gist of it. Yeah. Is they are dancing around it. And then she she's like, Edward's a gentleman, and he's like, Okay, well, I don't know what that means. And this whole back and forth. And then no, she she's says like, that he's old school. Old school. That's what he so says. So he's so Charlie's talking about protection. Bella says, Well, it's fine, like Edward's old school. And then Charlie's like, Is that code for something? Like, if you were to tell me, hey, like if I were to have a conversation with my child and I hate their boyfriend. And I'm saying, hey, I understand that you're like you're an adult now. You're 18. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but use protection, be safe, make good decisions. And it's like, you don't have to worry about that. Edward's old school. I'd be like, what does that mean? Are you saying that he doesn't believe in protection? Are you using the pull up? What, what does that mean? Yeah, no, literally. And then Bella goes, dad, I'm a virgin. And he just goes, dad, 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 I don't want to hear it. Like that. I just camp. I love it. I love that's one of the most realistic feeling conversations in this whole movie. It's just it's so good. I also think it helps. The camera is very shaky during yeah. this scene. So it feels incredibly realistic. Yeah. Uh, whereas I feel like it's much more still throughout the rest of the movie. So yeah. it does feel more realistic. Yeah. Bella goes upstairs and Charlie does say another line like Edward a bit more now. Yes, he does say that. Okay, so then we have the night together alone in the Cullen house. Bella is so horny. Like, literally, she's like, Edward, I will literally marry you if you sleep with me right now. Like, I, I will literally marry do you. I will put off being a vampire for another four years. You can do whatever you want. You can buy, get me an education. I want to have sex college. Right now. You can buy me a fancy car. I will do anything. Sleep with me. I want you to fuck me, is and what Bella this is saying. man says no. <laughs> like, she is desperate. He rejects her, frankly. He, like, she's making, like, they're making out on this canopy bed that he buys for her, okay? There's not another, there's not a bed in this fucking house until this night. And she's making a move. She's trying to unbutton her shirt and he tells her to stop. And she's like, do you want to do it? And then she goes to start unbuttoning his shirt. And he's like, no, I need you to stop. Like, I have these beliefs. I'm old school. I care about your soul. Like, which I just want to say. What soul? It doesn't matter if she's going to lose it when she turns into a vampire. But what also, does it matter? I'm sorry. Are you telling me that if you have sex before marriage, your soul is damned? Is that the conversation that this movie is putting out right now? I, I am putting my soapbox back down and I'm getting back on top of it. And I'm saying, hey, some sex education here. Virginity is a stupid concept made up by men to make women more of a prize and also you can have sex before marriage you can have sex after marriage you can have sex and never get married we do not slut shame on this podcast you have sex safely consensually and you use protection that's it it does you are not damned if you have sex before marriage you are not that it makes me so fucking angry you are not lesser than. You are not damaged goods. You are not a secret little special flower that needs to be protected. You are not a piece of gum. You are not 
a hallway you can throw a hot dog down. You None are of not these a are lock real. that keys go into. You are a human being. And you deserve respect no matter how many or few times you have sex. Yes. It is up to you. You are in control of that. Be safe. Get tested. Use protection. Don't lie to your doctor about how many times it happens so that they can make sure to have a good treatment plan for you. As long as it is safe, consensual, and it is two adults, and you are being protective. As long as it is adults, because we don't slut shame, um, do whatever you want. You're okay. Like, do not base your concept of worth in any metric tied to virginity. It does not exist. It is not real. Anything else you want to add to your soapbox? That was that. Now that we're off our soapbox. Soapbox off. If I were Bella... I would leave that house. I would go outside. I would be like, here's a little pinprick. Victoria, Victoria, I am right here. You know what I would have done? I would have been like, hey, Jacob, I need to hang out tonight, actually. You are so right. (laughs) But I would be so embarrassed. I'd be like, there's no way I can ever do anything. But no, you were so right. You would be like, Jacob. Oh, no, no, no. See, here's here's what happened is I'd be like, hey, Jacob. I got an issue. It's my V card. Can you come take it from me? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyways. And instead, he proposes to her and she says yes? He goes through the most obnoxious of if it were back in my time. I know that I'm like old school. And she's like, you're ancient. It's decrepit. Like all of this stuff about how one boys who listen to this i'm gonna jump on a soapbox real quick do not feel pressured into having sex no matter what gender you are absolutely not do not let anybody force you into having sex before you are ready no is a full sentence you do not have to back it up and you are also allowed to take away consent at any point if you start doing it and you're into it and then all of a sudden things change you are allowed to back out no questions asked if they make you feel bad about it they are a shitty person and you should leave 100 percent. soapbox returned off of the soapbox that is the ugliest fucking ring i've ever seen in my life that is the ugliest goddamn fucking ring i have ever who how did edward get his mother's ring his dead mother how did he get it how did he get that ring how does that ring look so pristine and also is that even an edwardian style ring and also what kind of family background did edward come from that that's the ring he has and most importantly, what costume designer picked that fucking ring? Because I got some words, and the words are my two fists, and I want to fight you. That was horrible. I lost order of your questions, <laughs> but I'm going to answer them here. Um, you don't have No, to that is not an, that's an oval-shaped ring. Oval-shaped rings were incredibly popular during the Edwardian era. The, also, Edward's not from the Edwardian era. We just made that mistake um, oh. in the first one, right. I think. Okay, yes. I don't know. I'm not that. going back to correct it. Anyway, it's the okay. ring that Edward's mom would have had, yes, would have been popular at that time. Um, not that style. That's just a fucking ugly ring. We don't know his family situation vis-a-vis money. Also, if it was the Edwardian time, wouldn't his mom's ring have been older than that because they would have gotten married before the Edwardian time? Um, also, wedding bands only became a thing after, like, in the um, 1900s when 
diamond companies are like, how do we sell more diamonds? This is not at like that. You didn't give rings necessarily like engagement rings or anything like that. Um, that's a very new, very modern idea, actually. And you know, the most important argument about all of this, it's the mm-hmm. ugliest ring I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but I'm answering all of your questions that you just asked. Okay, so, you're right. I'm. You're doing great. Thank you. I'm just so angry about this ring. So that's one incorrect. So there's a lot of issues with that ring. Also, costume designer was named Stephanie Meyer. From what I've seen on the internet, um, I believe it was her who insisted on the ring. Hold on, I'm looking something up. It's to fact check me. I know that no, you're no, 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 me. no, no, no. I was I was actually trying to find Stephanie Meyer's middle name so I could fully name her and just ask her what the fucking fuck. Uh yeah, so um I will say the ring does slightly change in Breaking Dawn, but it's not much better and it's allegedly what I've seen around the internet. So this could be true, it could be fan theory. But apparently Stephanie Meyer pushed for that ring because in these later movies Stephanie Meyer had a lot more pull in producing. So I hope that answers all of your questions. And I also like to think that Edward dug up his dead mother to get the ring off of her finger before proposing to Bella for the fifth time. So again, Wait, so hold on. Maybe his Edward parents- didn't have that ring. When would he have had that ring? All of this vampire bullshit he's going through. Where would that ring have been? Where are his per- actually, where are any of their personal possessions from when they were human? Especially if he was dying in a hospital. Yeah, if he's dying in a hospital, how would he have kept that? Stephanie, I have so many questions. You want to come on our podcast? (laughs) This is our formal invitation for Stephanie Meyer to come on the podcast. We will probably cyberbully you, though. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. We will be... We won't cyberbully, but we have many questions. I won't cyberbully. I will probably cyberbully you. I have a lot of questions, and a lot of them are, I'm going to be super honest, they're kind of mean. So, Stephanie, please come on the podcast. Margo will be nice. She just has questions. I have comments. I will be nice, but I'm not going to bully. Okay, so then we get to, we got some big hitter scenes back to back to back here, because then we go camping in the mountains. Uh, real quick, there is a scene where we see Riley being jealous of James and Victoria being a girl boss gaslight gatekeep queen and emotionally manipulating him yeah. to staying on her side Yeah, because he's starting to lose faith and then she just whispers in his ear again, yeah, which I it's... have a feeling vampire women whispering in vampire men's ears has to be some sort of secret vampire power that no one talks about because this happens with jasper this happens with victoria it's weird how often it keeps happening well it's because they wanted to directly foreshadow victoria with jasper's story like that's all it was anyways so i get it i'm just saying i feel like it's a secret power that the vampire women just don't acknowledge no that's fair okay so they go to camp in the mountains Bella is not wearing the ring because she says, oh, I didn't want to lose it. In reality, she doesn't want to tell Jacob that she's now engaged. Because again, this woman is, what, a week out of graduation and is engaged. Actually, I knew people who did that in high school, who per- who they proposed at graduation day, actually. I know people who did that. I am not going to comment on the rate at which people get proposed. Yeah. 
the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, okay, actually, I knew people in real life who did that. I think it's just re- extra ridiculous because of this story. I think it's ridiculous because she's like, well, I don't want him to know until after the fight. But yes, yeah, so they're now hiking. They go up into the mountains. It's freezing. I'm just yes. going to skip straight ahead to nighttime. Bella is fucking freezing in this tent. And Edward it's can't do anything storm. because he's also f- like he's ice cold. Like he's not going to help her feel better. He's only going to make her colder. And he's like, I can't do anything. Yeah. What can I do? And Jacob pops in. He's like, hey, I can do something. So Jacob cuddles up and warms Bella up. What I will say is that they knew that a storm was coming. They knew that it was going to be cold. There is not a single piece of temperature-rated clothing on that woman. Nowhere. She's not, she doesn't have gloves. She's not wearing a snow coat. She has a summer sleeping bag. This is not a temperature-rated tent either. This is, so, this, this is coming from two people who grew up in a place where the negative degrees are a common thing in the winter. It drove me insane, especially the next scene where she's just walking outside in like a light long sleeve shirt. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> in a flannel? Yeah, no, it drove me insane. But I was watching it and I have gone backpacking a singular time in my life. So now I'm an expert at backpacking. <laughs> None of that stuff was temperature rated. No. None of that stuff would have kept her Even in summer, it's iffy for the area that they live in. Oh, if yeah. If it would have kept her warm because it would have been wet, like in rain and everything. That so I was just yeah. frustrated. She was wearing cotton in snow. And everyone knows cotton kills because cotton stays wet for a really, really long time. And it is not that insulating. Now you know, so, kids. So. Now you know. Then we have but, this whole conversation with Edward and Jacob where Bella is sleeping. Yeah. In the book, she's like half awake or whatever. But we have this whole conversation with Edward and Jacob. I don't particularly care about this conversation. I have to be so honest. I don't think we glean anything from it. I think all we know is that they don't like each other. They both love Bella. The end. Like, I don't think there's anything important said in this. Um... No, nothing super important. Jacob does say if you had stayed away for six more months, I would have had, like, I would have gotten her. It would have been fine. And Edward's yeah. like, yeah, well, I didn't. So suck my nuts. He doesn't say that. I wish he'd said that. God, it would have been so much better if he'd said that. Yeah. Um, okay. I would just like to say as well, Jacob does imprint on Renesmee, Bella and Edward's daughter. So based on genetics, Edward sh- or Jacob should also be fighting some gay thoughts and some gay panic towards edward about this time like technically it should only be two weeks but i'm going to say because he's a vampire like around this time jacob should also be fighting some inner demons about how much he love hates edward because if he feels that way for bella because of renesmee the other half of the genetics are in edward just saying i need you to know that one of my lines in the next few like notes is this could all be solved with polyamory and you've now made me convinced that the better ending for this is a thruple um it actually would have been a better ending is is a thruple the best ending for this story is a thruple it's a thruple anyways so jacob the next day jacob finds out about the engagement he gets angry Bella goes to talk to him. They have this weird conversation that only makes sense if you've read the book. If you have not read the book, you're like, where was the jump? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, so Jacob finds out because Edward purposefully leads oh, Bella into yeah. a conversation about it. He sets her up to start talking about it. She doesn't know that Jacob is behind her and can hear all of this. 
And Edward said that Jacob has a right to know. And that pissed me off. I almost turned off the movie. I was so upset because he's saying that Jacob has a right to know everything about Bella's life. Everything about Bella should be public knowledge, essentially. But Bella shouldn't know that a vampire is hunting her, that she's the reason there's all these newborn vampires, that she's going to Florida so that she's away from Victoria. Bella doesn't get any of this information. She is not allowed to know any of this information. But Jacob gets to know, even though Bella said, I don't want to tell him until after the fight because I don't want him to be distracted. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is another perfect example of gaslighting. It's manipulative. It was manipulative. It's, real, it's so then horribly manipulative. Jacob Bella, flies off the handle. He's upset. He's and for a, good reason. For good reason. They have this whole conversation. Bella is like, please don't go. Please don't do this. I, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And then she tells him to kiss her. They kiss. It's their first real they kiss. They make out. They make out. Kristen Stewart out. does not seem that into it. If I'm honest, she seems to not want to be there making out with this man. Um... They're making out in front of Edward as well. So he can't visually see it, but apparently Jacob's thoughts were very, very loud. And I just feel so bad for Jacob. Like in all of this, I feel really bad for him because not only is every single one of his thoughts that he's feeling about this girl being projected to this girl's boyfriend constantly. Like this is another kind of manipulation tactic so that he doesn't go and try and kill himself in battle it's so that he stays alive yes it's um it's not great and then he, he goes into battle he goes and fights the vampires we see the newborns they are weak as hell let's be honest i thought they were supposed to be strong they kind of get wiped out they are in getting seconds ripped up in seconds like i understand that yeah. there's clear good guy bad guy thing i think one of the things that could have made breaking dawn slash eclipse slash any of these so much better is if there had been genuine loss i think if we had actually lost cullens or people like in bella's life um whether that be one of her parents whether that be one of her human friends i think that if we actually got to see someone die that wasn't a bad guy, but was a good guy. Yeah. I, agree. I feel like, you know, that would be a lot more interesting of a story, but yeah, that's not what this is supposed to be. It's a romance novel, so it does have to follow romance rules. I'm sorry. Akatar is a romance novel. Like, I, I'm, I keep comparing the two, but. Actually, uh, Dr. Boyfriend, when he was watching the beginning part of this movie with me, did ask a cursed question. Is Akatar just Twilight fan fiction? Because Dr. Boyfriend was drawing some parallels between Tamlin and Reese and Edward and Jacob. Is it fan fiction or is this the classic love triangle romance trope that we see that Twilight did not create but made popular? Um, here's the thing. Romance has rules and one of those unspoken rules is that there should be minimal loss and i like akatar much better than twilight for a handful of reasons <laughs> um spoiler for akatar in five four three two one when uh Feyre's dad dies 
I do think that that was supposed to be a very emotional loss. Oh, and my I do God. think that that loss and that sacrifice that he had at the very end is something that gave stakes to the rest of the book. Yes. Whereas without having lost. And here's the thing. We do lose Brie in this scene or in like at the end of this movie very, yeah. very soon. And we see Brie running away. Like you see her at this point. You're seeing yeah. the newborns be weak as hell. Mm-hmm. You see her trying to run. And that is what is so sad. Uh, but then just to kind of keep going forward, because there's not a whole lot else to really yeah. so basically, say on this one. Newborn fight. Victoria found Edward. I do want to say technically, she's like, you killed my mate. I just want to say technically, technically, if we want to go off the shots that are in the Twilight movie, Alice is the one who ripped off James's head. I just want I just to want to say it's out. actually like Emmett and Jasper and Alice who are tearing him to shreds and then set him on fire. I don't think Alice is the one who twisted off his head. I just want to say. So I feel like I it would make more sense if we killed Jasper. Also, it would be really convenient at this moment if like there was some vampire who had emotional manipulation skills that could change the emotions of anyone around him so that instead of hating Bella, they could just like forgive and have a little talk. It's really unfortunate that there's not a vampire whose skill is to control the emotions of people around him. I think that would be a really nice thing to have. (coughs) God damn it. Pretend that I'm slurping water. I have too much water to actually make a slurp sound for my water bottle. But for listeners at home, I'm, I did take a really long dramatic sip of water. So I, I want you to imagine so you get the full experience. So Victoria anyway. and Edward fight. Riley gets dragged. So Seth is at the campsite now. He got re- he yeah. replaced Edward. Jacob. <sighs> Fucking there's too many names. Okay. Seth. There's too many men. <laughs> Why are there not more women? There need to be more women. Does this pass the Bechdel test? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. It... There's it one conversation doesn't... about Jessica's graduation speech at the party. There is that conversation between Jessica, Erica. Oh, and they do Jessica, talk about dresses. Angela and Bella. Hold on. Is the Bechdel test just women on screen, though? Hold on. Hold on. I think it's just women on screen and it's for a certain amount of time. I thought I was hoping this episode was going to be shorter. It's not. <laughs> uh, so it has to be at least two female characters with a name. Talking about something other than a man. Okay. So yeah, they just have to talk about something other than a man. So, um, the so series it as does. a whole The does. series as a whole does. Do each individual movies. I guess um, you could say that that very short conversation about how was my speech counts. Yeah. New Moon fails. Um, New Moon fails. Because even in that whole scene where Jessica is talking, she's talking about Mike. Oh, and she's talking about her cousin and the director who's a man so that technically doesn't count even though she's complaining about the movie technically doesn't count Ooh, that's not a good look oh no alice and bella talk about stealing a car oh you're right alice and bella um, talk it's about in stealing an overarching a car. conversation about edward. going to save edward but technically 
Um, wow, that's really disappointing. That's really disappointing yet unsurprising. Anyway. So, okay, oh, so I my notes away. Good God, I'm so unprofessional. Victoria and Edward fight. Riley gets dragged away and killed by Seth. And yeah. Riley's like, help me, Victoria, I love you. And Victoria's like, I don't give a fuck about you. Goodbye. Um, Bella so, also has a little sacrificial moment. She cuts herself so that the blood will distract Victoria. Edward is then able to kill Victoria based on her being distracted. Sets her on fire, goes, tends to Bella. Says he's no longer distracted by her blood ever since he thought that she died. Yes. And then Seth is like, yo, we got to go. They need you down there. I need to say we're in the middle of super cold, snowy area. All he did was throw a lighter on her. He did not drop kerosene. He did not. Like, how did she go up she in flames so fast? Flames. Uh, because I think that fire is supposed to be like their one thing that actually kills them. It is. But you have to be realistic about lighting the thing. I just anyways. So then we get down to the main fight area. Yeah. There's one remaining newborn. Leah goes for it. Jake intervenes. The newborn hurts Jake. And Carlisle's like, I'll come help, but you have to get him out of here because the Volturi are almost here. They carry him away. The Volturi show up. Yeah. Then we have the scene with Bree that we kind of talked about before where she gets tortured by Jane. Then she gets killed by Felix. Despite the Cullen saying that they will take her in, they will take responsibility for all of her actions. Which is um, what Jane, this is showing Jane's ruthlessness. Jane is like, I don't care. I like killing things. Fuck you guys. I'm chaos. She makes a point to say, hey, real interesting that Bella is still a vampire or still a human. Again, only reinforcing the lack of options that they actually have. Yeah. Um, Alice says a date has been set. She's going to turn soon. They have this whole thing. Then we go to Jacob's house. Carlisle is resetting them. He's having to rebreak because we learn very quick sideline. They have very fast healing. So Carlisle's having to rebreak a lot of the bones that are on the side of Jacob's body to set them properly. He's in a ton of pain. Bella goes in to see him. Carlisle and goes to get Jacob morphine. It seems like Carlisle is now like the treaty. Um, now is also a truce so the Cullens can go onto the reservation i think in this uh, instance because he was like that. i'm gonna help so they allowed well, also him i think for, yeah during the treaty uh during the truce to fight the newborns i also think that they right were like we yeah. can't limit you know like the fight whatever whatever um, if you have to go fight so, someone because they're running over to the reservation go for it whatever yeah so then we have this conversation between bella and jacob and i love the line where he says I want to have this conversation now. Get all of the rebreaking done at once. And I'm just like, this poor kid. <laughs> like, Yeah. This he poor says kid. That, the entire speech, I buy with my whole heart, Jacob is in love with Bella. He is. He loves her. Yes. I did not once buy Bella loved him back. Not for a second. Um, he in says that he'll always love her. She says, until um, my heart starts beating. He says, maybe even after. Yeah. It's, so I do uh, want to say the book, the book does not do justice to this love triangle 
or the movie does not do justice to this love triangle in the way that the book did. Because in the book, you do believe that Bella does genuinely love Jacob. Of course. But just movie Bella does not love movie Jacob. That is not true. Oh, we didn't really talk about it. Bella now has a bracelet from Jacob um, with a little wooden... And then Edward had to step in and be his stupid, controlling, abusive self and put his own charm on the other side of it. So now there's a wolf charm on one side. There's a diamond heart on the other side. Yes. And that frustrated me because Jacob made the little wolf so that even when he wasn't around, she would think of him. Like... He's out here doing arts and crafts for this girl. And Edward just buys a fucking heart diamond, which a rock that big, if it's a real diamond, and knowing Edward, it probably is, only puts her in more danger. Because if I were a mugger and I saw that, I would yank that shit. Well, it's just Edward wants Bella to be someone that she's not. Like, he wants to dress her up in pretty things and have her sit no, in pretty dresses. No, he doesn't want to do that. Alice wants to dress her up in the pretty little things. Well, he keeps he buying just her wants, diamonds and shit. Like, I don't know. He just wants to shower her and love bomb her. Two separate things. Alice fair. is the one who plays fair. Barbie with her. Yeah, Al- Because in this next scene, they're Edward and... um. Edward and Bella are sitting in the meadow again and they're talking about the wedding. They're setting a date. They're acting like Alice is going to do it all anyway. And they make like this joke about how Alice would do it all anyway. Like blah, 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 blah. Um, Bella goes on this whole thing about how I've always been out of sync. There's who I should be and who I am, um, which I made a joke. That's how I feel with whose team am I on? Because Edward is better in the books. There's a lot more redeeming qualities about Edward in the books, I would say. I don't think so. I think it's more unreliable narrator. Probably. But I do think... I don't think that it was as aggressive in the books as it is in the movie. Because I think the movie has to, like, amp things up. Because I also don't think that the werewolves were nearly as aggressive in the books as they are on film. Once again, I think we're going to have to read the books. I don't know. But anyways, so we have this whole conversation. Over Bella, my vampire body. Bella makes this whole declaration. I fit in your world better than I fit in mine. I belong there. I've never felt strong until I've met you. And I'm like, well, girl, you have almost died so many times. She's like, I've never felt normal. I'm not normal. And I'm like, oh, my God. I think 17-year-old Who I me- am and who I should be. I That line is so stupid but i can only imagine myself looking in the mirror being like which team team edward or team jacob there's who i am and who i should be i also wrote down that line because i was like yeah you know who else said that 15 year old me like i was so dramatic when i was a teenager i like uh, it's so stupid i just and then she's uh... going on about how like it's where she belongs is with them i'm like you don't belong there you belong with the wolves. You belong at the cookouts. You belong at the council meetings. You belong at the really fun hangouts and eating muffins with Emily. That is where you belong. Not with the Collins. Or you belong, I don't know, in Jacksonville with your mom, very far away from all of this, or going to college with Jessica wherever she's going, or I don't know, somewhere that is none of these options because maybe you need to figure out your own path. I don't know. And then it ends with, we have to tell Charlie, good thing you're bulletproof, whatever the fuck, blah, blah, blah. We have to tell Charlie. Yeah. And it ends. And I hated this movie. And I felt like I was on the worst acid trip ever. 
while I was watching it wasn't this movie. Good. Like, there was such a tonal shift in this movie that I feel like was not there in the other movies. And I'll be honest, no, this was I the last agree. Twilight movie I watched. I have Same. not seen Same. Breaking Dawn Part 1 or Part 2. Neither have I. So you and I are about to go watch the next two movies, having never being the diehard Twilight fans that we were growing up. You and I have not seen the next two movies that we're about to watch. And here's the thing. It's because watching Eclipse, it developed my frontal cortex. <laughs> it made the neurons in my brain connect, say, oh, this is actually incredibly problematic messaging. It's incredibly problematic relationship standards. It's not good. There's no universe where this is an okay message. Women need to sacrifice themselves. She's only strong when she met her boyfriend, who, by the way, the same time she met this guy, had three separate near-death experiences, okay? Also, her worth is tied to her being a virgin when they get married. Like, he doesn't say that her worth her is, soul. but it's definitely, like, her soul. Like, it's definitely implied her soul that her worth- has to stay pure, so she has to stay a virgin. If he's, like, which, again, is so stupid, because in this context, if you think that you are damned because you are a vampire, you have no soul- what does it matter if you let her hit? Especially when she's offering to give you everything that you said that you want. She's saying that if you let me hit right now, if we, if I can have this human experience, then I will wait to become a vampire. And he doesn't take it. And this movie was not good. It came out in 2010. And I think we can make a lot of assumptions um, on where we were culturally based on this movie. Yeah. Anyway... What a time to be alive. Any final thoughts? My last note was, ugh, I hate this movie. Yeah. You hated this movie. I'm not a fan of I think Twilight, classic. New Moon, a fun time. We get a good, you know, we got some fun scenes. I obviously enjoy a lot of the cinematography from New Moon, like things like that. Eclipse can eat my goddamn ass. I hate it. It's the worst. Take us out, Margo. Tell me about my so our socials. My you socials. can't. I you run them like they're your socials. <laughs> <laughs> Why run those things so chaotically? This is not a tight ship. If you want pure chaos, you should go to Eternal Slumber Party Pod on Threads. If you want slightly contained chaos, go to Eternal Slumber Party Pod on Instagram. If you want to say hi, you can DM us on Instagram. You can also send us an email at eternalslumberpartypodcast at gmail.com. Again, we asked it before. We want to know what team you're on. Also, we want to know at what point did you start hating all of it? If you want to be our favorite human that exists and runs very far away from both the vampires and the werewolves, leave us a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast app you are listening to us on. Yeah, leave us a review. If you do, then we will read it on air. But please remember to be kind and respectful. You can be mean to us because that's always a little bit funny, but be cool. If you liked this podcast, then you should send it to someone that you would run away to Vancouver with. Send it to the person that you would uh, run away to Jacksonville with. You should send it to someone that also hates Twilight, I guess. I don't know. Send it to your Jessica. Yeah, send it to the Jessica in your life. 
If you hated this podcast as much as we hated Edward's mom's ring, then send it to your worst enemy. Oh, that ring! Have a great fish day or not. The choice is yours. I'm going to wait long enough until you forget about this, but someday I'm going to find a duplicate of that ring and in a very public place, I'm going to propose to you with it. Not if I propose to you first. <laughs>